Hi, friends. Welcome to the Rock Your Joy podcast. I'm your host, Anya Rock, a woman, artist, entrepreneur, mom, and high-performance coach. I'm working on becoming the best version of myself and inspiring others to do the same. This is my invitation to you to be part of the collective shifting of consciousness. Let's choose love. Let's choose joy. And let's rock your joy one day at a time. Hi, friends. Welcome back. 2020 is halfway through and looks nothing like we planned. But you and I, were staying on our toes. We're staying purposeful and aligned and working toward greatness. Am I right? If you're not so sure, listen up. I'm excited to share that I'm launching a new small group mentorship program designed for women who are ready to step out of overwhelm and thrive instead of just surviving. If you have personal and professional goals that you're balancing with motherhood, this is for you. As a high-performance coach, I am personally implementing these strategies to reduce overwhelm, increase productivity, feel more connection, and more joy. And I want you to experience the difference this can make too. Over the next six months, we'll dive into clarity, energy, focus, courage, and influence. All vital pieces to putting together and designing the kind of woman you want to be in 2021. We'll do it together in a community of women committed to moving from good to great. And I promise to share all my productivity and mindset hacks to increase vibrancy and joy. The link to learn more and apply is in the show notes. My guest this week proves that you can rock your joy at any age. Rosie and Paula Quinn started their charity, Coming Up Rosie's, after Rosie was diagnosed at age two with alopecia. Their story is a beautiful reminder that spreading joy can come from the simplest act of kindness and that beauty is truly an inside job. We had a great conversation about remembering that it's not our job or our hair that defines us, but the people we impact. Paula, Rosie, welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. I'm so happy to have you both here. So Rosie, can I start with you with a couple of questions and get to know you a little bit? Yeah, definitely. So tell me a little bit about yourself. So my name is Rosie. I am nine years old. I turned nine in March and I have, me and mom are the founders. It's a family charity of Coming Up Rosie's. Amazing. And tell us a little bit about Coming Up Rosie's. Coming Up Rosie's is a charity, and so we make headscarves for the bald kids who have cancer and alopecia, but now with corona, we're using our headscarves as face masks. So now we have a campaign called Buy One, Give One. So if you buy a face mask, then we can, we will give a face mask to a family in the hospital. So Coming Up Rosie's is inspired by you and your story. Tell us a little bit about how it came to be. Yeah. So first, when I was little, mom would notice that I, first of all, I was diagnosed with alopecia and I wasn't that self-confident. Mom noticed that my smile would fade and I wouldn't be that happy. So what happened is mom had me, because she knew I loved to paint and make art. So she had me paint a picture on a canvas and she printed it on a blank headscarf for me, but then it turned into a headscarf with my painting on it. So then I got to wear it in the mirror, and after five minutes of looking in the mirror with my headscarf on, I said, I want to give this to all the bald children, 
And mom's like, whoa, I only did this to make you happy. I want to make you happy. And I want to make you confident. I'm like, yeah, but if if I feel confident wearing this headscarf too, then maybe other kids will feel confident. And so I kept asking and asking mom. And at the time, she had a full-time job at Google. So she was struggling between having alopecia with me and all that other stuff. But eventually she said yes. She quit her job and now we can finally have a charity. Yay. So that's an amazing story. That's um, a really inspiring way to go from feeling happy yourself and then really wanting others to feel that. So the kits that you make, these smile kits, you send them to the hospital? So we send them to the child life specialists at the hospital. Okay. And so... When we send them, we don't get to see the kids because you have to be 18 and up in order to visit the kids at the hospital. And we we can't go because there's really strict rules. Mm -hmm. So we send the smile kits to the child life specialist who work with like the activities for painting other than the medical stuff. And they work with the kids. So we send those to the child specialists and they work, they give the kids their kits. So, cause some kids can't get out of bed. They're so sick. So they just hand the kits to the kids and it's, it can be messy in some cases, but we give them washable paint and they can just paint away. So you're really giving them two gifts because they get to do something artistic and express. Yeah. And then they get to wear that art. Yeah. Yeah. So that's really amazing. And do they send you pictures when they're wearing their beautiful new scarves? Sometimes, sometimes. It's mostly my friends who send us videos and say thank you, but everyone is so thankful that we are giving them these smile kits. And we're so thankful that they enjoy them because we love making other people smile, and that's our mission. That is a beautiful <laughs> mission. Well, you are an inspiring young lady, I will tell you that. I've seen you on some of your videos and your Facebook lives. And obviously we know each other because you're friends with my daughter, Yeah, but you are quite an inspiration for spreading joy. I think that's a really beautiful way to find joy for yourself in helping others. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And so did you find joy in creating this as much as you hoped? I did because at first mom thought this is probably just going to be a tiny, at the time it became a chair company, but we didn't like keeping the profits to ourselves. So we turned into a charity to help the other kids. So mom said, I thought she, she, she said to me when now I'm older and she said, I thought it was just going to be a little, you know, company. And now it's a humongous charity and we have sold a thousand face masks. So that's a big milestone for us. That is amazing. Do you know how many smile kits we've donated? Almost 2,000. We've donated almost 2,000, yeah. Wow. And so you're doing, are you doing both right now? Are you doing the smile kits and the face masks? Yeah, because then the kids can create a face mask too. Because it, it, it is a, here, I have a, one right here. Even though I know we're on a podcast, but <laughs> I have one right here. And um, yeah, they can just make a headscarf, but use it as a face mask too. That is a really great idea. So when you're wearing your face mask, I'm sure you're lit up just thinking about this joyful art that you're showing the world. Because that's the bummer about wearing face masks right now, isn't it? Yeah. They're kind of hiding our smiles. Yeah. And so, but I feel like people can tell with the mask that 
with your artwork on it that you are already happy and that joy is that you are spreading joy. I love that message. Well, thanks, Rosie. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for t- sharing your story. And I want to ask your mom a couple questions. You can stay or you can go play or hang out. I'll leave you guys to talk. <laughs> Whatever you like. Thank you so much for having me. You can always pop back in too. Okay. I'll totally pop back on. Okay. Bye. Bye. So sweet. Thanks. She's amazing. I mean, really, she's quite a remarkable young woman. Yeah, she is. I mean, I think people always say like, oh, what have you done? What are what are you and Larry doing? And I'm like, we haven't done anything. Like, I think she makes it easy for us to parent her. And she actually teaches us a lot about life at such a very young age that, you know, you can't read a parenting book, quite honestly. So. So how old was she when she was diagnosed? So she was two and a half. And at the time, it didn't phase her at all that she was bald, you know, you're very egocentric at two and you're not really aware of anyone else but yourself. Um, And she would just go up to bald men and say, oh, we're twins. Or, you know, she saw me being really sad one day and she's like, mom, don't worry. My hair is just on vacation, which is the reason for the title of the book. And she really just, you know, taught us like, you know what? It's not, it's not that big of a deal. If she's clearly not bothered by it, then we're just going to roll with it. Um, and she also did not like anything on her head. It was a struggle, as you know, in Chicago winters to put a hat on. Um, it got mom shamed a lot for letting my child run around Chicago bald. And then in the summertime without a hat on, it just was a real struggle. And and we discussed all of our options with a two-year-old. Like, do you want to wear a wig? She's like, oh, no, that's creepy. Um, when she was four, though, four-ish, that's when it started to notice her and sh- or to bother her. And her confidence was like fading and she was always a very gregarious and chatty person. You know, she had zero stranger danger. And then at four, she just was starting to clamor by my leg whenever someone would point and stare. And and the pointing and staring is a daily occurrence, if not three, four, five times a day. Wow, um, it's, not, it's gotten a little better, but it's, there's not a day that goes by that someone either says something or comments or, and it's mostly children just because they're curious. And it's so weird to see a small child bald. And the questions are like, are you a boy? Are you a girl? Um, but she just was really trying to understand like, what, is something wrong with me? She started to notice and she would get very shy and kind of start crying. And like, why are people pointing and why are people staring? Because she was always very precocious in that sense where she was very aware of people and what they're saying. So that's when we decided to, to kind of, you know, take one of her artwork and put it into a headscarf because she's still at that age did not want to wear a wig. And if you had said, even for Halloween costumes, like, do you want a wig? She's like, no, they're hot. They're creepy. And her biggest fear, quite honestly, is like if she's running around on the playground and her wig falls off, like that is, was devastating for her. So that's how it started. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, I feel like that sense of recognizing that she was different, but then it's just, it's a, it's, um, I'm sure it was heartbreaking in some ways to watch as a mom, but then obviously she has such a bright spirit and has really, she's so, in, you know, she really does inspire everyone around her to embrace who they are and to celebrate that. Yes. Which I think we all need a dose of, even myself. 
Yeah, absolutely. Complaining about a bad hair day or like a blemish on your face. You know, I'm like, I really shouldn't be complaining. Yeah. Yeah. It gives us a little bit of perspective. Yes. Um, So then from there, now Rosie told us her version of the story, which was just (laughs) mom one day just said, yes. (laughs) I love they interpret the world as how many times do I have to ask for something until I get it? Yes. Tell us your version of how it went from, you know, impacting her to becoming what it is now, which is coming up Rosie's. Yeah. So from my perspective, we gave Rosie this headscarf and there is truth. She literally looked in the mirror for a couple of minutes and was just smiling. And this is amazing. And she did say like, can we give this to all the ball children? And I was like, oh, Rosie, you know, this is for you. And that, that's so nice, but this is, you know, no, it's not going to happen. Like just squashing her dreams, like right away. And it, it, she literally would ask for about like five or six months every other day, like, hey, when are we going to do that for the bald kids? I think they'd really like it, mom. And I'm like, you know, I'm in the middle of a career and juggling, you know, Caroline, her little sister was six months. I was just going back to work. I had a lot of stuff going on as we all do as a new parent and juggling being a mom and work and um, and then dealing with this added layer of, you know, unexpected parenting issue that we had going on. And she just was relentless. And it wasn't until we went and we'd be out and about and people would be focusing on our headscarf. So I was actually seeing it work. People were no longer saying, Oh, why are you bald? Instead, they were saying, Wow, that is a really pretty design on your head. Tell me about it. And so then it would just invite a conversation for her like, oh, this is my headscarf and I painted it and I'm bald and I have alopecia. And it just was like this way for her to explain in a positive way what was going on. It is also great for the children too, because, you know, having to interact with children when you're pointing and staring, like I always encourage us and my husband to either wave at the child just to kind of break the awkwardness or even go up and introduce yourself. Because there is a level of like, oh, wow, what's that? And so kind of addressing it. So it just made it so much easier. She was going up to everyone and telling everyone that I was going to quit my job and give bald kids headscarves all over the world. (laughs) And so I think I was just at a a crux of my career. I'd been at Google for like a decade. And I thought to myself, you know what? Maybe she's on to something. It brings me joy to see her so happy. And she is loving it. And let's try to figure it out. So I quit my job. And a year later, from the day I quit is the day I launched Coming Up Rosies. And it was a very big learning curve for me because I did HR. I hired and fired people. I didn't start, you know, charities or companies. So um, that's just kind of how it started. I, I was very smart um, to ask a lot of people who knew more than I did to help me out. Sure. <laughs> so yeah. But it sounds like, I mean, I, I love a couple of things you said that, you know, she really had that vision and then we come in with our reality. No, that's not possible. But then with her kind of relentless vision, you caught on and and then took a really big leap of faith on that, you know? And I think when we, when you tell the story and, and we sort of look in retrospect and go like, oh, and you quit your job and started this business, but a year is actually quite a long time to be in that leap, to yes. be living that, that le- leap of faith. It was. And people, and I think it came out of a loving place. 
But people during that, like leading up to it in that transitionary phase, people are like, why would you ever leave Google? Like, you're crazy. Like, you know, and at the time I was actually in therapy because it was adjustment for, you know, with Rosie and I had, I love therapy and my therapist is amazing. And the funny thing is, is like leaving my job at Google was harder on me than having a daughter with alopecia in some respect, because there was so much external pressure. Like, why would you do that? You're crazy. They're free food and blah, blah, blah. And um, <laughs> like, it's, it's still a company and they still work you 80 hours a week. And, um, but I'm glad, like I, there was a moment of like, Oh, did I make the right choice? And for the first couple of years, even after we started coming up Rosie's, I was like, I would be thinking, did I do the right thing? Did I do the right thing? And then I would get an email from a child life specialist or a parent and an image. And I'd be like, you know what? Like my tombstone is not going to say number one employee at Google. (laughs) So I'm like, I think I've done the right thing. I think there's a beautiful parallel there too about, you know, what you said about how we kind of think about our hair or we think, you know, this, this self-consciousness, this identity and you feeling even from other people, this external identity with like, oh, you work at Google, that must define who you are. And so it's a really beautiful kind of weaving of Rosie's vision and your ability to say, I am not defined by my job. I'm going to go out and and follow the joy, follow yeah, the love follow to something the, different. Exactly. So true. That's a really beautiful um a beautiful story and a, and a beautiful journey, it sounds like. And now you're an author. So you have co-published, co-written this yes. amazing new book, My Hair. It's called My Hair Went on Vacation. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned that that was Rosie's way of talking about her hair and sharing her story. Tell us about the book and how that was born. So <laughs> the book was more for myself and Rosie when we were first going through this. Um, I and my husband had a big fear of saying the wrong things um, whenever she had an awkward situation with someone that was not so pleasant Um, and just raising her to love herself without hair. We all know there's so much emphasis on beauty and external beauty that we were really worried like, oh, okay, you know, she doesn't have hair. Like, and that's not normal. Like one person of the population has what she has, which is very rare. So that was a real struggle. So hence that's kind of what helped me to go get help. And I was talking to my therapist and a lot of our sessions were, okay, when this situation happens, when someone, a woman comes up to me and says, why aren't you covering her up? She needs a wig. What do I say? How do I show Rosie to be graceful and kind, but also kind of, you know, how do you, what do you, where do you even go with this? Yeah. So I love to write. And so she's like, you know what, why don't you write down your thoughts? So journal. So I started journal and it just didn't really work for me. So I started just to write like a rhyming children's book. And, and it kind of came from, you know, the adventures that we'd have every night before she'd go to bed. Oh, my hair is going to Italy tonight. And it's going to, we went to Disney world a lot. I will say like the, the hair went to Disney world like, every week. <laughs> Um, so we, we would just come up with ideas and I kind of put it down. And about a year ago, we were on a drive family road trip. And my husband's like, you know, that book that you wrote for Rosie, you should publish that, you know, and have the proceeds go back to the charity. I'm like, Oh, I don't even know where that book is. So like I went into my Google drive 
and I searched Rosie's book and up came this like document from like 2014. And I was like, Oh, I, this is kind of good. And I mean, obviously I had to update it because we had, we didn't have the charity at the point. So I just kind of took a chance and I submitted it to a publisher and they're like, Oh my God, this is great. This is fabulous. So, and here we are like literally a year later. Amazing. Just, yeah. So the proceeds from the book go to Coming Up Rosies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's a beautiful tie-in. And it sounds like it's a little bit of, um, is it a guide for parents and kids? It is. So for example, Rosie at our school this spring um, before COVID happened, some of the pre-Kers, and everyone knows Rosie, she's only involved kid at school. So she's pretty, there's only what, 500 kids yeah. at the school. <laughs> so one of the pre-Kers went up to Rosie at Fireside and was like, why are you a boy? Are you a girl? The classic, are you, why are you bald? Where's your hair? And for, for some reason that day, it really bothered Rosie. And I think she felt that school was her safe place and she didn't have to explain herself at school, at the grocery store. Yes. At Starbucks. Yes. At the airport. Yes. But school, she did not really, she, it caught her off guard. So we happened to have the book and I had her, they invited her to the pre-K class and she read the book and it was so well received. And I think it's very helpful. And I get emails from parents with alopecia all the time. Like how, how, how have you made Rosie so confident? My child's in therapy. My child won't leave the house without a wig. My child like just can't, doesn't even want to like do anything because they're afraid of just being themselves and they they're hiding. They won't even look at you when they speak you know, in the, in the eyes. So I felt like this was a, just a learning tool. There was a teacher's guide at the very back to talk, you know, how do you talk about differences, all differences in your classroom? Everyone is different. And I encouraged Rosie when she did have an, a conversation to say, yeah, I have alopecia. My hair fell out. What makes you different? Like what's different about you? So that the conversation could talk to that, you know, could address someone else's difference because we are all unique. No one we're not the same. No one is exempt from whether it's short hair, no hair, one leg, you know, what have you. So I think it is like a teaching tool. It is a tool to help children talk about something that is very embarrassing. Um, we have, everyone has something and some people have visible things that you kind of have to address and other people have things that are inside that you can kind of hide and you don't have to share. For Rosie, hers is extremely visible. It's glaring. And you kind of have to address it. And she's learned to do a really good job of it, but she still has her hard days. And I think the book, if it helps Rosie, can help other children who may or may not, you know, be going, whether it's alopecia or even chemo. I know we have a lot of children with chemo. They are very sad about losing their hair because you look in the mirror and you don't recognize yourself. You don't even know who you are. So hair is a big part of like our identity. And I think, um, Hopefully it'll help some children. Yeah. And I think it's, it seems so timely too, in the moment that we're in to be talking about the celebrating each other's differences and, you know, some visible and some not, but that the more, you know, we can truly celebrate and be ecstatic about how different we all are, that that's, that's the world we want to live in, right? That we, we don't all want to be the same. And it's, you know, much more fun and it is much more fun. And it's hard for a little, for a child to understand that. Like, you just want to be like everyone else. Mm -hmm. Like Rosie, 
probably works a little harder just to kind of fit in because she does have a glaring difference. But as an adult, she'll get it. Right now, the kids stuff, it's you have to have the, you know, the right shoes and the, you know, the bag or the water bottle, the hydro flask. Oh, my goodness. Like, <laughs> you know, so there's always something. But that's just that's just being a kid. And that yeah. won't go away until they're in college. Right. And even then. And even then, there's something else out let's there. Let's be honest, you know. <laughs> but it's such a great lesson. And she really, I think, you know, from the outside, she really inspires the other kids and, and talks with such confidence about, you know, she really leads the way for them to say, this is me, this is who I am and love it or leave it. Yeah. Which is it's a good lesson for, all I of think us. all any of us yes. as mothers could want for our girls. Absolutely. Especially girls. Yeah. I mean, even boys too, but I feel like boys have a little bit more confidence, but girls, I just, you know, girl power. Well, to your point, when so much of our exterior mm-hmm. validation comes from those things like beauty and as they hit our preteen, all of the things that come. So to really, um, you know, to have that, that already in her and sharing that ripple effect is really beautiful. I hope. <laughs> so you said you've donated 2000 smile kits and now you're doing the COVID mask, which is incredible. You have a a career, you have a nonprofit, you're a mother of two. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have a husband someday. You have a husband (laughs) and a dog. (laughs) And a dog. And COVID. And COVID. Oh, How are you navigating all that, finding balance and um, what does self-care look like for you these days? Oh, yeah. I, (laughs) I, I, I could do a better job. I think that's an area that I think most moms, you always put yourself last. It's just, it's like the unselfishness. It's, it's part of, I guess, being a mom. But lately I have been trying to prioritize my time. I, I myself probably work best when I have a lot of things to do. Um, when I don't have anything to do and I'm running idle, I, I am like, Oh, I should be doing something. You know, I, I feel like I, I need to have very, not scheduled, but just like knowing, you know, lots of things to do, juggling lots of plates. So I do work best with that. That does like run me to the ground sometimes. So I have been trying to make time um, for reading and puzzles, like just very solitary, quiet time walking outside with the dog. I probably during COVID I've taken the dog for like four walks a day by myself. I'm like, gotta go. Dog needs a walk. The dog is like looking at the door going, not again, not again. <laughs> I think every dog owner in Chicago had like, their dogs are like enough already. I know enough. They're, uh, they're going to, they're going to be having parties when we all like leave the house again. Um, but also it's just trying just to try to make time for myself. I try to get into meditation but I just get so distracted. I, you know, I start, you know, I have a, an app and one minute into it, I'm thinking about, okay, I need to do the laundry. I need to do this. Like, <laughs> so I, I feel like I need to go to like a school for that. Like I need to just seriously check out, but I just try to find time for myself that gives me joy and alone time is kind of the joy yeah. right now. <laughs> preaching, preaching. Yeah, preaching. I hear you. Um, and what's, what would you say? Like if you, where do you want to see coming up Rosie's go? What's the vision for taking it forward? You know, that's the golden question. So I'm glad Rosie's not here because if she was here, she's like, I want every child in the world 
you know, so she's very ambitious and I love her ambition. I do have to rein it in often because, um, you know, I don't want us to bite off more than we can chew. But jokingly, and that kind of like half jokingly, I've told her, I'm like, we have until you go to college. Like this, we are committed as a family to, to do this. Um, and then when you're in college, you can take it on yourself. You can sunset it and like have a scholarship fund for kids. Um, but I, I, you know, nine more years, I feel like that's, and who knows? I mean, I don't need, I, if you told me quite honestly, six years ago that I'd have a charity for brawl children, I would be like, <laughs> you're crazy. Like my, my name, like at Google, yeah, I was always like on video conferences and people would call me VC hair, video conference hair. Cause like your hair is just so amazing. Like, Oh my God, it's got so much curl and fluff. And, and so the fact that I even have a bald child, like we have, we have so much hair. It's just beautiful me. irony, beautiful irony. So, um, it is very, so I, I don't, I don't, maybe I'll keep on doing this. I, I do want Rosie to take it over at some point. I think it's, would be good for her. But if she, if she turns to us and say, you know what, I think I'm done with this in a couple of years, that's fine too. I just, I try to live in the moment and um, just, you know, take each day as it comes. So. I love it. Well, that is so much about, I think the path to joy is living in the moment. And it sounds like coming up Rosie's brings Rosie a lot of joy. And it certainly brings all these kids joy, undoubtedly. What brings you the most joy? So I feel a little guilty. Initially, when I started this, I just wanted to see Rosie smile. So I, that was like my main driver. I'm like, I'm going to do this. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to figure this out. And she's on board and she's happy and she's loving life and she loves herself. She like, and now she tells me, she's like, I love being bald. It's like prayers answered as a parent. Like I am, I'm loving that. So I guess I, I just making her smile and then by proxy making all of these other children and families and that come across that we get to meet, like I going to Capitol Hill and advocating for people to, to have wigs covered. Um, just seeing the families and working with the hospitals, going to Ron, Ronald McDonald house every month. Well, now we can't, but like painting with the families and seeing our mission, like in real time, that just gives me joy. That's beautiful. Hi, Rosie, you're back. <laughs> yeah. Hi. Hi. <laughs> I was just asking your mom, but I would love to hear you share what brings you the most joy these days. What brings me the most joy is just knowing that everyone is safe. Well, most people from COVID. And I know that we are doing the right thing by giving other people masks when they need one. Because we're not only protecting ourselves, but we're protecting other people with our equipment. And I feel so grateful that the doctors and nurses are here so we can rely on them to help us. That's, that is such a true statement and a beautiful expression of joy. I love it. Well, thank you both for being on the show with me. Um, I'm going to put a link in our show notes where people can find Coming Up Rosies and also the book. Yeah. Um, your mom was telling me all about the book and it sounds amazing. I told you I was reading a digital copy, but we'll definitely be buying one so that Nula can read it and 
Um, it's very inspiring. I'm very proud of you. And I'm really grateful that you both came on the show to share a little slice of your joy with us. Thank you. And for those people who are listening to the podcast, you can pre-order our book on Amazon. (laughs) So that's one way to get it. Or you can just digitally look at it. Perfect. I love (laughs) it. (laughs) Well, thanks, Rosie. Thank you, Paula. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. If you love this podcast, and I so hope you did, please subscribe. That way you'll get real-time updates anytime I post a new episode. Feeling inspired and want to share the joy? Leave a review so others can find the podcast more easily. Want to hang out more with me? You can find me on the interwebs at www.anyarock.com. That's A-I-N-E-R-O-C-K. And I'm also on Instagram at Anya underscore healthy living. Till next time, rock your joy. This episode was produced by Dante32.